Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Landscapers podcast. I'm Paula, your host, and today we're talking about deposits and how they can safeguard your business. So let's go to the show. As the co-founders of the Landscaper Circle, we help you get more money, time and freedom to become limitless through our experiences as fellow landscapers and our tried and tested methods. If you want help with your marketing, managing or growing your business, you've definitely come to the right place. If you're a landscaper, garden designer or supplier to the industry, then hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Landscapes podcast. I'm Paula, your host, and today I'm talking about deposits. Now, why am I talking about deposits? Because we're going into the winter period, and if you've listened back on any of the podcasts about surviving the winter period and preventing feeling unsafe and worried, part of that is to do with cash flow and to generate and improve cash flow you need to think about taking deposits and what payment schedules you have in place as well as the sales the main reason why i want to talk to you about this today is because i've had a number of conversations and some people are still not taking deposits and have had that awful thing happen where people pull out and the thing is with a deposit if they pull out and you've taken a deposit and it's their choice to pull out, then you do not have to give them their deposit back. And I looked into this because I looked at it for my own business because I had a couple of people recently who requested to pull out for for different reasons. Mainly, I think they were worried about money. One wanted to sell their house and decided actually they don't want to get the, the garden done. And one just said they wanted it done later next year rather than now and that they wanted their deposit back in the meantime. Now, I looked at the consumer rights to make sure that it was all okay. And it states that if you take something as a deposit and the consumer pulls out and it's their choice and, you know, you haven't cancelled the service or the product, then you can legally keep their deposit if you so wish. Now, it's down to you as a business owner and I have been guilty in the past of feeling sorry for people and actually giving their deposits back um, or not taking deposits at all. And it's left my business in precarious positions because ultimately if someone pulls out and you don't fill that space, then you are left with a gap in the diary, which not only causes undue stress, it obviously leaves a gap in the cash flow. So in order to keep our businesses financially stable we need to build a good financial foundation and that is linked to being able to take deposits and create good payment schedules that align with the projects you're taking on now the main reason i like to take you know a fairly good deposit so i look at taking 25 percent from our clients to book in it obviously depends on how big the project is etc but, and obviously how far down the line we're booking in, but essentially around 25% is the norm for us. And it's large enough that people will think twice before canceling. It's also large enough that we can cover, you know, the start of the job. So getting, getting the site up together, getting the first materials there. And it ultimately builds a really good stable foundation for our business with regards finances and cash flow. Now I go on about cash flow all of the time 
if you're new around here, um, you'll soon find out that cash flow is always on the tip of my tongue, always something that I hold in high regard and I believe is the king in all business. So making sure our cash flow is running smoothly means that we're not worried about our businesses and we are feel a little bit safe and we can make decisions from a better place and essentially we can forecast better as well. So in order to keep that cash flow flowing, we do need to take deposits. And like I said, there's been two clients lately. And if I had given them their deposit back, don't get me wrong, I still waver because I, I feel guilty. I feel like, oh, but we can fill the space. But what if we can't? And essentially, when I went back to both clients, they were fine about it. So I just feel sometimes clients just try it on. Right. They're, they're probably trying to save money. They're probably getting a bit nervous about spending out some money on their garden or driveway. And they're looking to see whether we will succumb to that. Now, I had conversation with both clients. Very good conversation. There was nothing bad. They just, you know, one of them just said, oh, OK, no problem. I just thought I'd, I'd see if that was an option. So it's not even starting the footing off on a bad way I've had honest conversations with both and we're continuing to do their work we've just one of them pushed back to a different uh, date and one of them has kept their date and is going ahead with it anyway so it's a positive thing and yet we can be as business owners quite nervous about having these conversations I know I was when before I picked up the phone and also we can be nervous about when we're on the phone with people I, I certainly felt this that I would suddenly go oh yeah you can have your deposit back it's fine when they told me a, a sob story or whatever. Now, at the end of the day, if I looked at it in the fact that if you put a deposit on a car and you pulled out, you wouldn't get your deposit back and that's accepted. What it tends to be in our industry, they don't like to accept any terms. Even when they sign paperwork, sometimes they don't like to comply. And the reason why I feel so strongly that we need to keep on top of not only taking deposits, but our cash flow and our payment schedules is because one person not paying can mean the life or death of your business, particularly larger projects. You have to really be strict, really be harsh with clients if they don't pay. And also when I have been less strict and when I have been lenient and when I felt sorry for people and succumbed to their demands, things have always gone the wrong way. Case in point, a couple of years ago, we took on a client who was a friend of a friend. Local job, so it was great for us. It was in the local area. And it was a nice project, a garden project. And the client argued with me about how much deposit. So they didn't want to pay 25% deposit. They wanted 12% deposit. And then they wanted it in writing that the materials belonged to them until we got on site, et cetera, et cetera. Now at the time I was concerned a little bit about that space in the diary. So, and I also didn't want to upset my friend who had recommended this, their friend. So I naively said yes and succumbed to both demands took a lower deposit did the rock in writing and you know long story short at the end of the job he refused to pay the final payment now I'm glad I stuck to my guns and kept it at the minimum which I do which is 10% I've even pushed it to five if I can because like I say when someone pays you or not 
it can be super critical to the life and death of your business. And I've had this various times over the years, I'm sure you have as well, where people have declined to pay or argued with you about payment. And sometimes you've had to take a little bit less. Sometimes you've had to go to court probably or start those sorts of proceedings. Or sometimes you've had to send a really nasty letter out. All of these things can happen. And I like to mitigate my risk by giving them a very low deposit at the end of the job. So this 10% was about £4,000. And it's taken two years to get a proportion of that back and me having to utilise my insurance to claim the money back, of which where it was such a low amount to them, they kind of could only take it so far. And then I finally had to do a money claim online. Eventually, we went to mediation and I accepted, I think it was 2,800 in the end. Now, I understood some of the client's concerns and, and effectively, he just fell out with our designer at the time. And then he took out that frustration on us as a company, even though the garden is beautiful and he's super happy with the workmanship, really happy with the build team because he had that poor client service with our designer at the time and because he felt not heard and he felt like he you know he just had a problem with with my designer that is the whole reason why he chose not to pay there was no valid reason on the workmanship or anything we'd done it eventually came down to that so we settled out of court thank god you know I, I didn't want to go to court and I got a proportion of the money back but the the amount of time it took a couple of years the amount of stress having to go back through the information deal with the client on a, a by email and it really stresses me out when I have to do things like that because it's not a nice feeling I don't enjoy being that person that has to say no this is x y and z I'm going to have to take you to court etc and my point being and how this relates to deposit is if he'd paid the 25% deposit, would it have been different? I don't know. But I feel like by succumbing at the first point of contact and the first quibble, I should have either not taken on the job. And that's one thing I wish I had done because I also had a gut feeling about this guy. However, I didn't listen. And that's one mistake. The second mistake was as soon as he began to quibble and change my terms that I give to every client and no other client has ever had a pushback on this. Um, I should have said, no, we're not doing the job. We're not the ones for you. But you live and you learn. I learned a couple of lessons from that. As I said, I will now not accept people quibbling over the deposit. The deposit is a deposit. I will listen to my gut. And essentially, it just proves how not sticking to your process and procedures can actually lead to a bit of a hit further down the line. Now, I'm lucky enough that my business can sustain that small loss and the interim time where I didn't have that money coming in. But if we were at the smaller stages of our business, then I don't think we could have sustained that because it would have been very, very difficult to carry on having had like a four grand hole in the business. So it's worth thinking about how you want to go forward now and in the future and how you're going to set up your processes to do that. Now, this is just one process about the deposits. You know, 
I also love to create a whole host of paperwork for each client now. And this is based on prior experience of having professional non-payers and having people that quibble. So having what I call the client paperwork bundle is making sure I get everything signed off via DocuSign. And within that bundle is their quote, which states exactly what's going to happen, what products, how much, what the guarantees are, et cetera. And they sign that off. And then they have a terms and condition sheet, which just states the various terms and conditions of working with us, you know, providing electricity and water, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have the payment schedule. And that payment schedule is basically detailing exactly what payments are coming out when. And I tend to base it on the project timeline. So for instance, if we had a two week project, we would take the deposit, we would take a payment on day one, we'd take a payment on day five, and a payment on day eight, and then we'd have the final payment. So I would chunk it up in that percentage in that way. And the percentages wise, I would always take the 25% deposit and 10% at the end, or if it's a larger job, a 5% payment at the end, which is due within seven days. The rest of the payments are always due within 48 hours because we need a quick influx of cash and we need it turned around quickly. We can't wait seven days because this project is going to finish in two weeks. So it's really, really important that we implement these processes to safeguard our businesses because cash is king. And if we don't have the cash coming into our business, our business could suffer, which in turn affects our life and our family. So you need to implement it. You need to be firm with clients as they come on board and make sure this is what you do and they cannot quibble. And I would suggest that if someone does quibble, you question whether you want to work with that person and how that might look further down the line. And, you know, be strong. If they are not the type of client you want to work with or you get the gut feel or they start quibbling, someone else will come along that's better and with less hassle. I always think that and it always happens. So that's kind of all I wanted to touch on today, really to drum into you guys the importance of looking at the cash first, the importance of taking deposits and standing by those deposits more importantly, the importance of putting in the process of the paperwork and the payment schedules, however that might be for you. You don't have to follow my scheduling, you can do your own, it's just a guide for you. And also something for you to think about going forward. I know a lot of you still don't do this, but charging for site visits, that's another way. It's its not going to make loads of money, but it will save you time dealing with the wrong type of clients. And it will help you close more sales because once people buy into you, they tend to stay with you. It's kind of like a tripwire. And if you want to know what a tripwire is, send me a DM because um, I'll go into that with you. It's more of a sales and marketing tool rather than something to talk about on this episode. So if you want any help with any of that, if you're feeling the pinch, you're worried about winter, let me know. Drop me a DM. Always happy to have a call with you and discuss ways to help and support you guys. I am the Landscapers Coach and this is the Limitless Landscapers Podcast. I will look, love to see you next week. Bye, guys.